No matter where you are right now, no matter what time you're listening to this, there is one thing I can safely say about you right now. Your body is being bombarded with cosmic rays. In fact, pretty much every moment of your life since you've been born, you've been hit with cosmic rays. Learn more about cosmic rays, what they are and where they come from, on this episode of Everything Everywhere Daily. This episode is sponsored by Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. I recently had the chance to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond, and I can attest to its exceptional aromas with hints of caramel and vanilla intertwining with its oakiness, which provide a well-rounded flavor profile. Taking a sip is akin to experiencing a piece of bourbon history firsthand. Heaven Hill Distillery may be America's most quintessential bourbon distillery. Established in 1935 after the end of Prohibition, the distillery was established by the Shapira family and has remained a family-owned distillery to this day. In 1897, Congress passed the Bottled in Bond Act, which set forth strict rules for any bourbon labeled Bottled in Bond. Heaven Hill Bottled in Bond bourbon goes beyond the stringent requirements of the law by aging its bourbon for seven years, not four. The end result is a gold medal-winning bourbon that truly stands out. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill Bottled in Bond. Heaven Hill reminds you, think wisely, drink wisely. This episode is sponsored by ButcherBox. Summer is right around the corner, and that means cookouts. No matter what your preferred food is for a cookout or a barbecue, ButcherBox can help you make it the best. If you want to serve up some hamburgers, ButcherBox has grass-fed ground beef to make the perfect smash burger. Want to cook up some steaks? Well, ButcherBox has that too, with some of the best cuts of steak, such as New York Strip, ribeye, and filet mignon. Do you like grilled chicken? Well, ButcherBox has some of the best pasture-raised chicken that you will find anywhere. And if you really want to wow people at your next cookout, you can try grilling some of their wild-caught salmon on a cedar plank. Sign up at ButcherBox.com daily and get a special deal. ButcherBox is offering my listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com daily and use code daily to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus get $20 off your first order. This episode is sponsored by CuriosityStream. I've talked many times before about CuriosityStream. But if you still haven't gotten a subscription, you really need to consider doing it. CuriosityStream has thousands of educational and documentary programs covering a wide range of subjects. I personally watch CuriosityStream several times a week, and I've used their programs to get ideas for this podcast, as well as doing show research. You can get an entire year of CuriosityStream for less than $20. It's so cheap that you almost can't afford to not get it. If you're even remotely curious about the world you live in, and let's face it, you are because you listen to this podcast, go to everything-everywhere.com slash curiositystream to start your subscription. Once again, that's everything-everywhere.com slash curiositystream. The discovery of cosmic rays coincided with the discovery of radiation. Radiation was first discovered in 1896 by French physicist Henri Baccarat when he famously put photographic plates in a drawer with uranium. Subsequent experiments done by the likes of Marie Curie and others showed that radiation was a property that came from certain substances. Rocks with radioactive elements were thought to be where radiation came from. In 1909, 
German physicist and Jesuit priest Theodor Wolff created an electrometer which was sealed in an airtight container. An electrometer is a simple device with two gold foil leaves. In the presence of ionizing radiation, the gold leaves would separate, and the further they would separate, the more radiation would be present. He took his electrometer to the top of the Eiffel Tower and, surprisingly, found out there was more radiation at the top than there was at the bottom. Based on the current theory of radiation at the time, this observation made absolutely no sense. If radiation came from rocks, then there should be less radiation the further you got away from the ground, not more. Most of the physics community dismissed Wolf's findings. However, one Austrian physicist named Victor Hess wanted to verify Wolf's finding himself. He made three more advanced electrometers and took them with him in a hot air balloon. He went up to 5,300 meters or 17,000 feet and found that the radiation was four times higher than it was on the ground. At first, he thought that it must have been something coming from the sun. So he did another balloon flight at night and another during a solar eclipse and found the exact same thing. He concluded that high-powered radiation was entering our atmosphere from space. Hess was awarded the Nobel Prize in Physics in 1936 for his discoveries. The term cosmic ray was coined by American physicist Robert Millikan, who ran tests to measure the amount of ionization at very high elevations with automated electrometers and balloons, as well as testing it far below sea level. The term cosmic ray is actually a misnomer, as I'll explain in a bit, as the term ray implied light. At first, it was thought that cosmic rays were high-energy photons like gamma rays. More discoveries were soon made about this mysterious radiation from the heavens. In 1927, it was found that cosmic radiation was lower at lower latitudes and higher at higher latitudes. This indicated that it wasn't photons at all, but rather charged particles that were being deflected by the Earth's magnetic field. In 1929, it was found that cosmic rays could penetrate 4.1 centimeters of gold. Gold is very dense and good at blocking most radiation. If something could get through that much gold, it had to have a lot of energy behind it. In 1930, an Italian physicist named Bruno Rossi predicted that if the particles were charged, then we should see a difference in the intensity of cosmic rays based on the direction they came from. Sure enough, it was found that cosmic rays coming from the west were stronger than those coming from the east, again, due to the polarity of the Earth's magnetic field. So, if the cosmic rays aren't photons as originally thought, then what are they? What we know is that 99% of cosmic rays are atomic nuclei. 90% are protons, which are nuclei from hydrogen atoms, and 9% are the nuclei of helium atoms. If you remember back to my episode on Radiation 101, helium nuclei are known as alpha radiation. The remaining 1% are electrons, which is also known as beta radiation, as well as a small number of antimatter particles that hit the atmosphere, as well as the nuclei of heavier elements. The other thing we know is that they have a lot of energy. The highest energies ever observed in a cosmic ray particle have been 3.2 times 10 to the 20 electron volts. An electron volt is a unit of energy used for subatomic particles, so it isn't something that you can relate to in everyday life. So to put that into perspective, the most powerful cosmic rays are 40 times more powerful than the particles in the Large Hadron Collider in Switzerland. Or, to put it into an even better real-world example, a single subatomic particle can have the same energy as a baseball being thrown at 56 miles per hour. You might be wondering why you never feel like you're getting hit by a 56-mile-per-hour baseball all the time. First, most particles don't make it to the surface of the Earth. 
They will hit air molecules in the atmosphere and start a cascade of other particles which rain down on the surface. Second, if one did hit you, you really wouldn't notice because it would just go right through you. In fact, there's a good chance that some cosmic particles went through your body since this episode started. And I'm not even talking about neutrinos, which is a whole other episode, and trillions of them have passed through you in that same amount of time. You might now be wondering, is this dangerous? Well, as I mentioned in my previous episode on radiation, this is radiation. Cosmic rays are probably the single biggest source of radiation that most people experience in their lifetime. If you live at a higher altitude, let's say Denver or Quito, Ecuador, you'll have more radiation exposure than someone who lives at sea level. Likewise, flying in airplanes will increase your radiation exposure due to cosmic rays. Your level of exposure will primarily depend on how much you fly and at what altitude you fly. For the most part, cosmic rays pose no real health threat. All life forms throughout the history of life have been exposed to cosmic rays, and we evolved for our DNA to repair low-level radiation damage. One thing that can be damaged by cosmic rays is computers. If a particle hits the right part of a processor or a memory chip, it can flip a bit, causing an error. In 2003, there was an election in Belgium that was conducted electronically. The results were more than the number of votes cast. In an audit checking the paper ballots also cast, found that the error perfectly corresponded to a single bit in a single computer, which could only have been caused by a stray cosmic ray particle. This is why computers on spacecraft have to have so much redundancy. The space shuttles had to have triple redundancy for exactly this reason. The issue of cosmic rays is also a huge consideration for long-term spaceflight. The only time humans have ever been outside of Earth's magnetic field was during the Apollo missions, and that was only briefly. The issue of cosmic rays is a considerable one that needs to be considered for any mission to Mars. One proposal would be to surround a ship with water, which would stop most of the cosmic rays. The problem is that water is heavy, and either we would need to get it from the moon, or we would need to get it from Earth. There is one thing, one big thing, I haven't yet mentioned. Where do cosmic rays come from? Sure, they come from space, but where in space exactly? The truth is, no one really knows. You can't just detect the direction a particle is coming from because they're so easily influenced by magnetic or gravitational fields. Not just the gravity and magnetism of Earth, but also that of the Sun, or even possibly the galactic center. The particles which are flying around space may come from other stars, the center of our galaxy, or even other galaxies. Once a particle is jettisoned, it can basically travel forever until it runs into something. The smallest change in its trajectory will render its origin impossible to determine. There are actually many theories about where they come from, but it's very difficult to actually prove anything. Cosmic rays are all around us, all the time, and always have been. There really isn't anything you can do about them, and so long as you remain on Earth, it also really isn't anything to worry about. However, if you're traveling in interplanetary space, it probably is something you might want to consider. The associate producers of Everything Everywhere Daily are Peter Bennett and Thor Thompson. If you'd like to support the show, please join the list of patrons over at patreon.com. And also remember, if you leave a review or send me a question, you too can have it read on the show.